more ready in my life to do this right now. Never. Well, up to this moment. All right now, right here. You got the music feeling good? Got, got, got it going okay, yeah. I've never been more welcome to anything in my life. That is right. Guess who's back with working music? Your two <laughs> favorite Jews are back to entertain, amaze, and astound you, at least for a good 30 minutes, because I got to drop uh, at That's four fine. in 30. But uh, we're here. We are showing up just like the Sixers last night. They showed up to the game. That was about all they did. But uh, we're leaving Boston 1-1. And I'm plenty happy with that, Lev, man. Plenty happy. Uh, well, the, the good news is everyone got to play last night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bad news is why they everyone got to play last night. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was a, uh, it was a good, good Sixers evening not but we weren't here on Monday so um uh the Sixers came out with so Lee can talk about both games um Monday was definitely a, a game for the ages for the Sixers James Harden looked like uh the days of the strip clubs and Buffalo Wings were a thing of the past he he played well he I think he put up 45 or something in game one still going to strip clubs though oh he's still going to strip clubs um, well, maybe that's his his key to life and his uh, elixir too. But he had a great game and uh, a game that most of us, including myself, did not think they were going to win um, based on the fact that we thought Embiid was going to play. Um, I thought Embiid was going to play. It turned out he didn't. So they won the game that they weren't supposed to win. And uh, then last night, um, I guess we we get into that in the NBA where we always see that second game as gravy. Um, because, you know, you had the big guy coming back and he sort of looked off last night, but I still had a number of blocks shots last night. Um, it was still sort of close at halftime. And then Boston took their, I always hate that take their hearts out expression or whatever, but they, they went on a run in the third quarter, couldn't seem to miss a damn shot. And uh, the end final score actually was sort of indicative of how bad the loss was because, um, you know, they did not look good last night. And, I mean, the fact is Springer got in the game. Milton got in the game. Daniel House got in the game. My mother got in the game. Uh, everyone got in the game last night because they they were they, – they basically threw in the towel with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Maybe even – I think it might have been a little bit less than that, but – um, I always hear in basketball that you sort of have to throw that out. I mean, look at Golden State in game six. They lost by 40 points to Sacramento, then went on. On Sunday, I heard that game in the radio on the radio going up to New York. They won, and, and Curry had an amazing game. So basketball seems to be one of the only sports where you do see that in these playoff series where one team could lose by 40 points and then – come back the next game and, and be able to pull it out. Um, so I don't, any thoughts on what I just said or sort of. I agree. I agree with a lot of what you just said. I mean, you actually did predict last week, you and train predicted game one, a victory was the game that, that you felt we could, we could sneak. 
And it usually that- seems to be the game one in these series because I don't know if it's less pressure of some sort, but it just seems to be that's the case. Yeah. And so um, that's what they did. They were able to get by. And I thought that yesterday I actually did not want Joel to play because I felt that I would rather, I felt like that team was playing with some house money and I felt that they were going to lose a little bit of their rhythm uh, from the other night. And I felt, why not give Joel a couple of extra days? Then he comes back for the final game or for the game three, first game at the, um, I'm going to say at the spectrum, uh, first game in Philly. And, uh, you know, the, the, the ceiling comes off, the roof comes off the stadium. Uh, but they chose to play him yesterday and, you know, I'm okay with it because I think ultimately one, he's, look, he's the MVP. So finally it's official. Uh, what a beautiful moment that was that he was the MVP. But on top of that, uh, I don't think it was a bad idea for him to knock that rust off. Every one of us knew he was going to be rusty. You know, he played, he played, he played solidly defensively, uh, but he he was really rusty. He was out of rhythm, and I think the Sixers now have to look at, um, you know, remember how they play with Joel because it is different when he is in that lineup versus when he is not in that lineup, and they have a rim protector. And what you see the Celtics doing is it was is very simple. The challenge I think the Sixers find or, or that they're going to face is the Celtics attack the rim, they attack Joel, and then they kick it out for a wide open three because that's and that's- then Joel has to go out and cover, and that's what happened to Horford last night. Even though he went, I think one for eight, but that's what happened. He would go out and cover him, and they were trying to wear him out. And Malcolm Brogdon was just a killer last night, man. That guy could not miss. And and the scary thing about last night is that uh, Jason Tatum, or as my daughter calls him, J- Jason Tomato, because we can't stand him, um, he's got to be one of the most, like, hated Celtics for me. I mean, I saw uh, the Cuz released his list of, like, the top 50 uh, most hated Celtics. So yeah. the thing is, can you really hate Jason Tatum, though? I mean, I yes. don't know. Okay. Yes. But does he, like, evoke the hatred? Like, Paul Pierce, I never hated Paul Pierce. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I didn't hate Paul Pierce. I didn't hate Ray Allen. I, I didn't hate. Um, that team wasn't very hated. Yeah. 2008 to 10 team was not a very unlikable team. It just wasn't. Right. But I, I hate. I don't hate Jalen Brown. I hate Jason Tatum. Uh, I hate uh, Derek White. I hate um, a lot of those guys on that team. Uh, I realized that anyone probably could have had Derek White when, when right, right, which is so frustrating because San Antonio was obviously in the process of just tanking, so they traded Derek White and De Dejounte Murray, your your Atlanta Hawks, De Dejounte Murray. So uh, and they gave away Derek White for for probably a bag of fly balls for I mean not much baseball Boston baked beans. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. They could have had him, but they didn't. And uh, yeah, but the, the and, and when we talk about hate, I mean, I don't genuinely hate them, but I hate them because they are Celtics. So, yeah. um, <laughs> wow, our first live sneeze on air. Um, so God bless me. Thank me. Um, so that's what I'm talking about with the uh, Sixers Celtics. I think game one was indicative. The Sixers shot great. Um, and the Celtics shot great, and somehow we were only down 
three, I think, at halftime of the first game. Um, so I had a really good feeling watching that down the stretch. And just watching Paul Reed, you know, he was really clutch, B-ball Paul, in the, um, at the end of the game. He had to hit four free throws, and he, and he drilled them, you know, and it was very – He is an energy guy. He is. He is, but he had a double-double in that game. And I just want to make sure that they're continuing to use his uh, athleticism. I think he brings a lot of energy to that team. Um, and, and look, I think game three is going to be a different game. It's certainly not going to be game two. It may be closer to game one, but, um, you know, if you're the Sixers, you got to be feeling pretty good about this series being that it's one, one, you're coming back home, you know, Joel, hopefully knock the rust off in game one. He'll still be probably a little bit rusty in game two, but if you or game three, but if you, if you look at Joel's, uh, his usual path in these series, what happens is he'll have a really crappy game and that will either be followed by another crappy game, in which case we're going to be in trouble or he's going to play like the MVP. And then that those are, those are great things. And the team remembers how they play together again. Well, I, I hope you're correct. And I think the energy uh, at the arena is going to be amazing. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you got, uh, you got him getting his MVP award on tomorrow night um it's a obviously it's a nationally televised game it's 7 30 tomorrow night the schedules are crazy the Knicks who played a day before the Sixers are getting the Saturday game but of course the Sixers who played on Wednesday get the Friday game go figure I think it's part of a double header I think it's Sixers Celtics and then Nuggets Phoenix uh, tomorrow night so we get the early game the 7 30 game which is sort of good because once it's done you can sort of do your own thing you don't have to be up so late it's not like last night was that late but um but um yeah so so the Sixers uh we will see how they do um how you feeling about game three I mean do you would you say that the winner of game three is going to win the series or is that too uh premature I think that's too um I do think the Sixers are going to win game three but I don't think that's indicative that they're going to win the series I know all these stats and statistics and everything but I I don't think that that's going to be the be end and end all um it certainly helps to win game three uh didn't the Sixers beat Atlanta in that game three? A number of years ago and then lost or i flushed that series from my mind the only thing that remains is is ben simmons uh not not being able to dunk on trey young um yeah i mean the winner of game one as we all know the winner of game one when they are a road team um has lost game two i think it's 16 consecutive times now um so as we go on to game three, I agree. I expect the energy to be off the charts in Philly. Um, I do expect it to be a battle. I think the series is going to be a battle. One thing that I've noticed, there, there's two things that I've noticed. One, I will say, and I'm not one that complains about officiating a whole lot. I do feel that this officiating has been uh, rather one-sided toward in favor of the Celtics. Um I think that there were a lot of calls in game one and some in game two that were, were, were questionable. Um, although we, I think we did get away with PJ Tucker with his nut shot on Tatum. Um, that should have been, he should have been tossed. That was so obvious that he did that on purpose. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a bit of a present, but um, 
So that's one thing that I've noticed. And then uh, the other thing that I noticed about this series was what, Levman? Shoot, it was the officiating. And then, oh, it's very physical. It is a very physical series. It reminds me not quite of the 80s basketball when you could basically clothesline someone and then pile drive them at center court and just be called for a, one foul. Um, it it's It's a little bit more like the 90s basketball where it was physical but not – insane like the 80s right it's it does seem like they're letting some stuff go and and i appreciate that i like that i think we're a pretty i think we're a, a more physical team than they are um but look james harden can't shoot two for 14 again you know like that that uh, can't happen. Uh, and i mean you need obviously you don't need what he did in game one but you need something a little bit in between yep you need maybe you need him to be the, I mean, and Bede said that he was the best, uh, I mean, the best point guard he's ever been around. I mean, so uh, that's something he wasn't last year, if you remember, because I don't think he was healthy enough. And, um, you know, they have one thing that they have that they haven't had in the past is just Maxi. Maxi is great. And, mm-hmm. It concerned me when he got injured yesterday, but it, I think he just hit his kneecap into someone else's kneecap and caused problems. But and then I know that uh, Harden got raked across the face there. Uh-huh. Yeah. You saw that. So I just think you you can say that this was just not a game for the Sixers. It just. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Harden actually came. I had a pretty good quote. He's like, look, like it doesn't matter if we lose by 30 or win by 30. We're still one one, and he's right, you know. And it's right. great, it's great that that uh, the Celtics like they hit every single shot seemingly last night. Um, so I don't, I they did shoot well in game one too. So you know they are a talented team. Obviously, they were they were the number two seed for a reason. You know, it's 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 it's, it's not just a coincidence. This is a very very talented team that gives us fits. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think that. You know, now it's up to Doc. I was really impressed with the way that Doc, co- I thought he coached his best game that I've seen in a long time. In, uh, game, one. in game one. Fantastic. Not in game two. No. So, but you know what? That was the counter move that the Celtics moved. So now Doc needs to counter that. What's he going to do? Is he going to show him a little more zone defense again? That seemed to like, you know, uh, confuse the Celtics a little bit more. Is he going to work through the rotations a little bit differently than he did this time? Um, I thought there were times last night when I, again, maybe he's looking at it as the length of a series, right. And not just one game, but I was, there were times last night and I was watching it with my daughter and my uh, wife, cause my son went to bed and I said, they need to get Joel out. Like he just was, you could tell he was just not, uh, helping on the offensive end in the third quarter. And when that game starts slipping away and I, I, I think it was, it was obvious. So what's, what, how long is his leash going to be? What's Doc, how's Doc going to manage that situation? Knowing that Joel Embiid, you know, his talent is otherworldly, but also knowing that Joel Embiid is very much a rhythmic kind of player. And you can usually tell the kind of game he's going to have based on sort of the first, usually five to 10 minutes of the game. But you need his defense. So, I mean, it's not like, you, if he's not giving you offensive numbers, you can still get his defensive assistance. And, 
So I don't think they're going to pull him. I don't know how many minutes he played last night. My friend was saying that he was on a minutes restriction. I don't know. Was that the case last night? I mean, he certainly didn't. No, play. He wasn't on a minutes restriction. I've read he was on a, uh, they were just kind of watching him and seeing how his knee. Didn't play most of the, I don't even know if yeah. he played any of the fourth quarter, did he? So. Yeah, he played, a, I think he played a little bit in the fourth quarter, but I think like about two minutes of the fourth quarter. And then Doc was like, it's the same worth it. It's not happening. And, you know, I mean, so look, like you get a little bit of extra rest if 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 you're the Sixers um, in that scenario. Jason Tatum didn't play much either in the second half. Yeah, I know that from their perspective, it didn't matter because he only had seven points. But I mean, if Jason Tatum scores seven points and they win, that's a good problem to have. And of course, we think about Jason Tatum. I mean, maybe we hate him that much because of the whole Markel. I guess the whole Markel Fultz trade, and and to a certain degree, you know, even though I don't think it was ever an option. And of course, the Sixers bypassed Jalen Brown in drafting Ben Simmons. But everyone knew everyone would have done that. I mean, so I don't want to hear otherwise. Like people say, oh, we wouldn't have taken Ben. No, you were gonna. Everyone was gonna take Ben Simmons. And the other thing is with the, with, listen, like, I don't dislike Tatum because, you know, we, we took Fultz over and that was, and you know what is funny is Fultz has turned out to be a better player than Simmons, right? Like Fultz yeah. has actually turned his career around good for him. Um, I think it wasn't even that, I mean, because that was our general managers doing and we made that awful trade to get up to trade for a player that Boston was never. What was his name? The general manager. Uh, that was uh, Colangelo, Brian Colangelo, and burning with his giant, uh, his giant flaps on his shirt, his giant yeah, collars. So, that he's and he, but you know, Tatum. The reason why I don't like him is Tatum. To me, he's such a good ball player, but every time, like, I I feel like he he comes across to me on the court as being so freaking cocky, like he can do no wrong, like he's better than everyone. And he gets away with such such garbage, you know, like he's never committed a foul. And I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but I can send you it. He he once again, this is the second time I've brought this up in the playoffs. It's happened against the Hawks. He put his hands on a ref and he moved his he moved the ref again. Like, why is this? Why is this not being penalized? It's a good question. It's just, it's insane to me. So anyway, uh, anyway, you know, meanwhile, we get called for like bullshit offensive fouls constantly in this series, but Jason Tatum can, you know, put, put a ref, grab his arms and push him away and, and it's no foul. So anyway, we, we are where we are. It's such a fun rivalry. It's so fun to hate Boston. And then Boston Bruins shit the bed. They had the greatest uh, regular season record in hockey history. And then, you know what happened in the playoffs, my friend? Oh, I watched part of the game on Sunday, but they and it went. They lost in overtime, uh, but uh, they they lost a three-one lead, right? Yeah, and they lost in overtime to the Florida Panthers. At, uh, at, that was such a fun game to watch. If you if, if any of our listeners out there get the opportunity to watch playoff overtime hockey, is just outrageous. And if you are Game Seven playoff overtime hockey like that game was, it's as good as anything you will watch in sports, and it doesn't matter who the teams are. It's that good. These guys Doesn't it people. feel good, though, that the same city that that had the undefeated New England Patriots who lost in the Super Bowl in 2008 
had the same sort of situation happen to them. They had the best regular season record in, in NHL history, right? And then they went ahead and lost in the first round of the playoffs. Yes. It seems yeah. like that does happen in the NHL more than any other sporting league, though. Right, a hot goalie, man. A hot goalie, it's the one sport where, you know, a hot goalie can carry you, truly. Um, well, it's the only sport with a hot goalie. Unless well, I mean, but even if if you have, you know, like the NCAA tournament, of course, there there have been runs by got like obviously Danny Manning jumps out to me is like remember when he carried that Kansas team, but you know other sports like I don't feel like basketball like if James Harden maybe I don't know maybe maybe one player is capable of of carrying a team. I mean Jordan was so great, but he had he had great talent around him. You know Isaiah had a great run, but he had great talent around him. So (laughs) they did, and yeah. All those guys did. You know, I know Jimmy Butler a number of years ago got that team, but that team was in the bubble, got that Miami team to the final, and he sort of willed them there himself. Right. And I guess you could say, look, Le- you know, LeBron, when they beat Golden State, that was as good of an individual effort as I've ever seen. Yeah. So um, anyway, all right. So let's quickly, because we, we are running out of time. I want to pace ourselves because we got to leave time for the Phillies really quick. Super quick. Eagles. Big trade last week, bringing in DeAndre Swift. From after the we met, after we uh, did our show, yeah. Yep. Uh, so does that eliminate any running back concerns you have? I'm assuming yes. Yes. He's a perfect fit for our offense in that he's not a guy who you can give the rock to 20 times a game. He he is uh, – he has a he's a fantastic receiver out of the backfield. He's elusive. Um, he is on the last year of his rookie deal – He's a Philly kid, so it worked out great. His his uh, recruiting video was so great when he committed to to Georgia. It was a lot of fun. He ran through the streets of of uh, Philly just Take like step, if I'm correct. I think you're right. And so I, I think I just think that was just such a, a great trade that Howie made. Um, are fortifying this running back room again. These these are not guys. You know, I said before, Rashad Penny will stay healthy for maybe three four games, uh, five games tops. But and you know between him and Swift and I really like that room and it's going to be interesting to see if with Kenny Gainwell if uh, Boston Scott if he's going to make the team this year I mean they always seem to find a role for him and I hope they do um, but they may opt to keep like Trey Sermon he's a younger kid he's a big back which is something they don't have I mean he is a big kid so maybe they keep Trey Sermon and then the Eagles did more work um, on the defensive side of the ball which I was thrilled to see in the draft you know last week i thought about all we talked about with Jalen carter we did not talk about nolan smith at all the other first round pick which is so funny um so you know here's what i'll say about nolan smith i think nolan smith has all the intangibles you could ever want in terms of the the physical traits and the character and leadership traits um the problem that i had with nolan smith at georgia was he never stood out to me you know and he he'll never have as much talent as he had at that at that school um, and he never stood out to me. He was always good, but I was always expecting something more. And I, I felt like I never got to see that. So maybe he'll have a better pro career than he had a college career. Again, great kid, great intangibles, all that stuff. Um, and then in the third round, we took uh, the offensive uh, tackle from Alabama. Alabama right. Yeah, who, who played at Vandy before that. Um, so he's this guy has a ton of starting experience. 
And I think he's going to, I think he has a really good chance to walk in and become our starter at guard next to uh, Lane Johnson. He's going to fight Jurgens for the I spot. heard Lane Johnson is going to retire in about two years. That's the rumor. That's the rumor. rumor. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, Kelsey's going to probably retire uh, after this year, you think. And, um, and then the, the Eagles took a safety, Sidney Brown from Illinois. Now, I have heard from, a, uh, I actually know a guy who loves Illinois. He went to Illinois, and he told me this guy is the real deal. He's like, you are going to love this guy. Like, he flies around the football. He hits. Um, he can make interceptions. Uh, Illinois had a really good defense, a top five defense, I think, this year. Um, so exciting to grab one of their uh, defensive backs. I think he was their third defensive back taken, though, ironically enough. And they, we got him in the third round. So that's the highest and then we've been on the safety in a while. Yeah. And then who else do we get? Kaylee Ringo out of Georgia, who I'm really excited about. Again, I don't like Kaylee Ringo. Well, there were rumors that he was going to be a first round pick uh, a few weeks ago. And I did not want him in the first round, certainly if I was the Eagles. But as a fourth round pick, to, again, he's walking into a situation where he doesn't have to be the man. He can learn under Bradbury and Slay. Um, he's not going to be pressing the coverage. I mean, this is a kid who's 6'2", he's 210. So, again, he, he's built, like, and he can run like the wind. He did struggle a bit in coverage in college. But the other thing is that he always had to match up against the other team's number one receiver. So he had, like, you know, he had tough matchups against tough guys. And, and you know, yeah, he, he struggled some, but he wasn't he wasn't horrendous. And he also... Keep in mind, Kaylee Ringo is the guy who uh, had the pick six against Alabama that clinched Georgia's first national title uh, two years ago, and he always he's a playmaker. That's what he reminds me of. He sort of reminds me of a, of a bigger um, and maybe a faster Asante Samuel. Uh, mm-hmm. not, not a real big hitter, but a guy who makes plays. And then we drafted a quarterback from Stanford um, in the fifth round. Uh, big a little guy. high, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can't... I can't name is escaping me. I think it's McKee, but he's uh he's a six six huge dude, but he's a statue. He doesn't move and um supposedly has a cannon of an arm. Um so we took I'm him assuming Mariota is your backup this year, right? Yeah, Mariota and then we have Ian Book of Notre Dame fame as well as our third. And then the last guy they took was a kid from Texas. Um a defensive lineman again who I heard was was projected to go much earlier, maybe like a fourth or fifth round pick. Um big defensive tackle to line up in the trenches and uh, you know, look, you see what the Eagles are doing and how deep that roster is getting and that what that defensive line is going to look like. And, and now they have some depth on the offensive line. And um, you know, I think the only two positions that need to be addressed really are a linebacker. And um, I think punter definitely needs to be addressed and, and, you know, maybe another safety. Yeah. They set a wide receiver with Quez Watkins or is he gone? It's a great question. It seems like Sirianni loves Quez. So I think Quez will be in there. I wouldn't be shocked if he was traded, but um, I think that the guy they signed from the Falcons is, is a really good, he has a crazy name. Um, Zephias or something. I don't know, but he is Zacchaeus, but he is, uh, he's actually pretty good. Like he filled in for them when they were uh, down some receivers this year and he had some good games. So he's got, he can catch, he's got great hands. Um, I don't know about ball skills. I don't know about ball skills, Yeah, but he's got great hands. So yeah. Uh, Looking forward to that. And then uh, so Eagles, 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 and we go Phillies now. 
Yeah, the Phillies, I mean, obviously had the slow start. They played 500 bowl. I mean, coming out of Houston, they they had the rematch against the Astros. Obviously, it's not the World Series, but they did well against the Astros. And then they've come to L.A. And I know they had three in L.A. How did they? How have they been doing against the Dodgers? I think I was thinking about this this morning. I think they've given up forty runs in three games, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, so it it's been a, a horrendous series. They've given up all those, three losses. All three were they three losses, double digit runs. Yeah. Uh, Cody Clemens has pitched in two of the games back to back. Yeah, that gives you any idea how bad it's been. So now yeah. Bryce is back. Bryce is back. Bryce is back, baby. Um, I know I saw that he was DHing. Did he play any first base yet? Um, Bryce has not played first base yet. He's been DHing. So okay. that's the plan for him. And he doubled yesterday, which is incredible. You know, you think about this guy who he had Tommy John surgery. So he makes this incredible recovery. He hasn't faced live batting. He didn't have a minor league assignment. He didn't have rehab. I mean, he rehabbed, but he was, you know, he stayed in Clearwater. And this guy, the first, like, real, he doesn't go to rehab game. So he, the first live pitching that he sees is major league pitching. So I think he, uh, I, I knew he struck out, uh, I think he struck out three times his first game. And then he comes and he hits a double in his second game. I mean, this guy is just a freak of nature. Now, I do expect Bryce Harper is going to struggle a bit. I mean, this guy, he's, he didn't have any spring training and um, you know, every, every ball player needs that, get their timing down, face live pitching. And you, you can do all the simulation you want. It's not the same, but uh, to have him back in the lineup is nice. And um, I think it gives Tomper some uh, flexibility here with, with the lineup too. And Ranger Suarez is going to be coming back. I think um, probably within the next uh, week or so. And so that will also give a boost to the uh, pitching staff. Okay. Yeah. And then they play, speaking of Boston, we play the Sox tomorrow. Series with the Sox. And that's home or away? Uh, that's home. Yeah, that should be. That you going to go up there and, and boo the mass I, I am not going to boo them. No. I'm not. no. no. So that'll be interesting. You'll have, the, you'll have mass, holes, have mass holes on the left, mass holes in the right. And here I am stuck in the middle with Jews. That's interesting. So you actually will have, you will actually have, um, that's interesting. You will have the the Celtics and Red Sox in the same sports center the same day. I mean, that's pretty cool, actually. Yep. Yeah, um, it is cool. I hope we beat their asses. Yeah. I'm so, I'm really bitter towards Boston, like, as a sports city. I just am. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't have any love for them. Um, and then the NHL draft lottery is coming up this weekend. Are you kidding me? That's exciting because the Flyers are in it once again. Up which is not very not close, good. right? They're up huh? very close. Flyers are up close this year. Uh, well, they would have been doing better if they knew how to tank properly, but they have like an 11% chance to get the what top. What about the Blackhawks? The Blackhawks are pretty bad too this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Connor Bedard is the darling of the NHL draft. And then we have the most exciting two minutes in sports this weekend, dude. Yes, it is the Derby on Saturday. As well as the coronation. As well as the official coronation of one King Charles. So for those of you who are excited enough to get up 
for both the coronation of King Charles, which I will be doing, and, yeah. and um, and then um, the Kentucky Derby on Saturday as well. So it should be an exciting day. Yeah, it should be very very exciting. So, um, awesome. You've been doing well though, man. Hey, are you? Uh, so we're we're putting together this thing, to celebrate our fiftieth year of existence. I'm in, man. I'm in. I'm just trying to work on the dates. Awesome. All right, so we're locked in for. Um, well, you saw my my text to McKinnon. I don't know I if I can stay the whole time. It depends on the airfare, but I can definitely make at least part of it. Whatever you can make is great. We're going Thursday to Sunday, and uh, we're gonna go see the Rays and the Phillies. The Phillies happen to be in town. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll talk about it offline. But maybe even the clear, the Clearwater Thrashers. We're, we're planning to do that too. I think. Clear. I mean, that's a beautiful stadium, even in the heat and humidity. And the one thing that's great about uh, the one thing that's great about uh, the Tampa Bay is not the stadium necessarily, but St. Petersburg's beautiful. Yeah, and they have they, the Rays have such a talented squad too, man. That's going to yeah. be a lot of fun, and it's never hard to get tickets there. No, I think we probably could get tickets for fifteen dollars, probably. Dude, I'm so excited you're going, man. I didn't know if you were going to be able to go or not, and I'm I'm thrilled that you can make it because I know it's like right after July Fourth. A lot of people have stuff going on, but it <laughs> seems like we're going to get a good turnout. Like it looks like there's about eight people now um, that are going, and then a couple maybes that are hanging out in the wind. So that'll be the time of our lives, man. Looking forward to that. Um, weekend plans? Anything cooking? Uh, I'm just going to try and stay busy, man. I think yeah. me, if I'm not busy, then I got issues. So I got to stay busy. So I don't quite know what that is yet, but I'm going to try and stay busy. Awesome, man. Uh, I want to also make an announcement that I think you have a new name. I like Eric the Lev and I'm going to call you ETL because it's easy. The reason why I got it from Eric the Red. Do you remember? I love that. Eric the Red. Wait, don't tell me because I remember the Sports Illustrated cover with Eric Davis on it from the Cincinnati Reds, right? No, but it, I like that better, actually. Um, there is a very famous soccer player uh, named Eric Cantona, who was an English. You, you ever heard of Eric Cantona? Not ringing a bell. When I got to England in 1994, I remember seeing this billboard right when I came in, and it said Eric the Red. And I always thought that was cool because he was like this. Uh, he was this player, man. He was dirty. He would like... He would like fight you. I mean, he was great. He was uh, so. If you ever get a chance, see, then he ended up being an actor. That's what they all do. Like, uh, like the guy from uh, the English, uh, Vinnie Jones became an actor too. Former soccer great became an uh, an actor to Vinnie Jones. I don't know if you remember him either, but uh, he was no Pele in victory. Um, no Pele. No. So um, also, I did want to say. Um, I don't know if I reached out to you about it. I was watching a uh, a movie on TV, um, and it was, I, I swear it was a reboot about victory. Like the same Are you serious? Yeah. So t if you do a Google victory reboot, you'll come across it. Germans playing against allied soldiers. No, no, it, man. no Sylvester Stallone, no Michael Caine, no legendary Pele. Pele. Yeah, I yeah. never understood how Pele ended up in a POW camp, but that... That's besides the point. You know what? Let's not read into it too much. I don't know. Enjoy That's actually one of my favorite, favorite sports movies of all time is Victory. We'll have to do a, a favorite summer movie or favorite sports movies of the summer. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to make that a topic when things slow down. 
Because there's yeah. not many soccer movies, and that's or football, football. What was, what was the one with Mike Dicka and Will Ferrell? I watched it. In the I just watched it. A kipping, I saw like five minutes of it, kicking and screaming. Yeah, something like that. I think that's right. Yeah. And and why Dick is in it? I guess Dick is coaching in it or something. They probably gave him a nice paycheck, which I'm sure everyone could use because there's a strike going on with the right. Yeah, and maybe we'll have to have our resident L.A. Uh, Burbank expert on screenwriting come on, Mr. Eric Connor, to talk to us about the strike. Will he be on the strike lines picketing for higher wages? He's in Little Shop of Horrors, actually. He posted, and I talked to him about it. I forget what his character is, but he said, hold on, I'm going to tell you what his character is, because I know you know that movie well. I actually do not, but... Oh. I, I do think you know enough to take a guess who his character may be? Mr. Munson or something, because he's been posting about it. Oh, okay. Well, then you know. Shit, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Never mind. I'm I don't know if I have the full character's name right, though. Mr. But we, we, wish him, we wish him the best in his... Uh, in his little shop of horrors, he's, uh, this is a play, right? He's he's in the play. Uh yes, it's the first time that he has done a. Uh, he's Mr. Mushnick. Mr. Mushnick in like twenty something years. I don't think he's been yeah. in a play. In well, like... That's good though, man. Good for him. God bless. That's awesome. He's our boy. Little we shop. That's the that's the way we should end it with little shop, little shop of horrors, little shop, little shop of horrors, little shop. <laughs> This is how we are going to end it, Lev. I'm going to end it for you. Uh, real quick, here's your new nickname. I'm going to call you ETL. The Lev, I, I think Lev, I'm going to take a pause and I'm going to start calling you ETL. Eric the Lev, I love it. Rather than ATL. You have a good weekend, man. I enjoyed the chat. Um, Loved it, man. Love being with you. And thank you for, for everything. Stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> no. Month of May, why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends?